I'm Dan. I'm Elaine. And this is Sublime True Crime. Researched, written and recorded in the middle of the corona lockdown. I know, some weird times. Oh, I only hope that there are people listening to this in the future and the lockdown for them is some distant memory that they've forgotten all about until we mention it now. It's a very surreal time. Yes. For those of you listening in the here and now, though, I do hope you're making good use of your time. We're not. <laughs> <laughs> Elaine is still working full time. Yep. I'm on furlough and I'm not allowed to work, so therefore I'm filling my time by becoming a professional snack fiend. Correct. If there's a snack in the house, I guarantee I will find it and I will eat it. Even things that have been hidden deliberately at the back of the cupboard so that you won't <laughs> find them. Yes. I've got time to sift <clears throat> through the cupboards. What can I say? No, I could give you a list of jobs. We've discussed this. Yes. Moving anyway, swiftly on, he says. <laughs> this week's case. <laughs> this week's case is the murder of Bethany Hill. Kaylee Woods had what may be described as a confusing adolescence. Born as a boy called Carl Lockwood... Kaylee grew up identifying as female, and for this episode, we're going to call her Kaylee rather than Kyle, and she rather than he. Yep, because they are the preferred pronouns. What is it the kids say these days? Don't at me? Yes. (laughs) Although you you can at us, but you might not get much sense back. (laughs) (laughs) Kaylee met Bethany Hill, Beth, at Stratford College in Stratford-upon-Avon, birthplace of Shakespeare, and the pair soon became best friends. Beth, who had a history of self-harm, was brought up in Bidford-on-Avon. During their time at college, Beth had a brief relationship with a boy called Jack Williams and introduced him to Kaylee, who, in turn, also had a sexual relationship with him, despite, as the son puts it, still having male genitals. Yes, spit. Williams himself had a troubled life going to his local GP for help after experiencing signs of mental illness in the middle of 2015. He discussed with his GP about how he experienced blackouts when feeling angry. He admitted having regular dreams about killing or hurting people, and on one occasion tried to admit himself to a psychiatric hospital. Despite seeking help from his doctor, he still suffered episodes. In October, just four months before Beth died, Williams told Woods to run before grabbing a knife and repeatedly stabbing the door of the bathroom, where she had taken refuge. Sounds like a lovely chat, doesn't it? I know. This led to Williams being detained under the Mental Health Act for assessment, and moving back in with his parents. The episode was deemed to be a paranoid element, which may have been induced by cannabis. Williams, who said he had not smoked any for two months, had described hearing his own voice saying, you need to cut her up. After this, Dr Nicholas Kennedy, a consultant psychiatrist, diagnosed Williams with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, ADHD, and placed him on antipsychotic drugs. This apparently had huge improvements in his mental health as a result. Oh, results. So that's great. Problem solved. So you would think. But just a couple of months later, in December, he disclosed he had stopped taking the medication and had begun smoking cannabis on a daily basis again. Of course, because why wouldn't you? All these drugs are working. I feel much better. I know. I'll stop. And take the other drugs that made me psychotic. Mm. Despite this, Coventry Mental Health Services saw fit to discharge him. What the fuck? <sighs> I suppose from their point of view, if, as far as they're concerned, he's been placed on drugs that are working. You know how slowly the wheels turn yeah, that's true. in the NHS? They're probably going, oh, look, we've had a letter to say that he's, you know, he's had a little feedback session and he's completely fine. And then they send out the letter and obviously in the meantime, he's gone, oh, I'm going to stop taking those drugs that work and start taking cannabis again. Yes, it's the type of reaction I expect from my 77-year-old mother. 
who gets given drugs to take and then doesn't take them because yes. obviously she knows far better than the GP. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> a month later, William's moved back into the flat he shared with Beth and Kaylee. I think it's worth mentioning as well at this point that he wasn't supposed to be moving back into that flat. Yes, because he was put back with his parents, wasn't he? He was. He was put back with his parents. And I'm sure that Kaylee had taken out some sort of restraining order against him. Oh. Because after the whole chasing her with a knife incident, she said, you know, he shouldn't be living there. And he was not supposed to be in the flat. So he had surreptitiously moved back in with them. Mm. And yeah, that's right. The relationship between her friend and her ex obviously didn't bother Beth too much. Despite having dropped out of college and moved in with her parents, she later moved into a flat with the pair. Beth slept in the bedroom in the Hartford Road flat, while Woods and Williams slept in the sitting room. And if that situation doesn't seem messy enough already, Beth, who was 20 at the time, was said to have a volatile relationship with Woods, who was 23. But this volatility didn't stop Beth and Kaylee from planning to have a child together, though. You see, now, I don't really understand this. Kaylee and Jack were dating, and although they couldn't have a baby together because they were both anatomically male, where did the decision come from, from Kaylee and Beth to have a baby? Why not Jack and Beth, or why not Kaylee or Jack with someone that wasn't a friend who was living with them? It all just seems really messy. It is very bizarre. It's a very bizarre love triangle situation, it, isn't it? It really is. I think not good for any of them. No, so many red flags. Um, but then again, a lot of things about this couple make no sense to me. Kaylee and Jack practised a twisted torture on a fetish Barbie doll as part of their sex play. The doll, which had its hair coloured a similar shade to Beth's, was gagged and bound with duct tape. And you've probably guessed by now that this weird sex act didn't stay in the realm of fantasy for the pair. On the 2nd of February, Williams went to work, leaving Beth and Kaylee together in the flat. He returned from work about one o'clock the next morning. On the 3rd of February, 2016, Bethany Hill was found dead in the bathroom of the flat she shared with Kaylee and Jack. It was Kaylee who called 999 that evening, just after 7pm, telling the operator, quote, My best friend is dead in my flat, end quote. Horrifying discovery, but I'm sure you know by now that's not the entire story. It was later revealed that Beth had died in the early hours of the morning, anywhere between midnight and 7am, meaning that Kaylee's call to the emergency services would have been at least 12 hours after Beth had died. When police officers arrived at the flat with paramedics, they found Hill's body already in rigor mortis. Just odd, isn't it? Asking Kaylee what had happened, they were told, quote, She's a mess. She's always been suicidal and taken tablets. End quote. She also told them that she had returned to find blood everywhere and she attempted to clean the flat before phoning the police. Again, what the fuck? It's the first thing I'd do if somebody had been murdered in my flat. We'll think, yeah. oh, I'll just clean up a bit first. Yeah, definitely what I need to do is before they come round and try and take any kind of samples or see what's happened, I'll clean up the blood and the evidence. The day after Beth's death, a neighbour of the couple spotted Williams jumping over a car park and depositing a bin bag. The witness ripped the bag open and found it full of Beth's bloodied clothes and they called the police. Now, I'm not normally a massive fan of nosy neighbours, but fair play for that, because if I'd have seen someone throwing a bundle of stuff away, a bin bag full of stuff, I'd have thought, that's a bin bag full of rubbish. I'm not going to go through that. There's going to be ketchup and eggshells and... Is this the neighbour, though, who had heard suspicious noises? Possibly. We don't know. So there are a few reports of noises and bits and pieces. Another neighbour revealed that he'd heard moaning and what he thought was the sound of a head hitting a wall in the early hours of the 3rd of Feb, as well as the sound of a cutlery drawer being opened and closed aggressively. I have to say, the sound of a head hitting a wall is quite a specific sound. It's very distinctive. Say that you think you've heard. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a head hitting a wall. You could say that I heard a, a strange bang or yep, a, a thud. Yeah. Or, but... 
And also, the sound of a cutlery drawer being opened and closed aggressively. That just could be teenagers. Well, you'd know who lives in the house next to you, though. You can't do anything quietly. <laughs> it was quickly revealed that the twisted couple, Kaylee and Jack, had used duct tape to bind Beth's wrist before slashing her throat for a sadistic thrill. Um, they didn't just slash her throat once, though, did they? No, it was all little cuts and bits and pieces, that wasn't it? poor girl, they had, been, they had basically been making repeated slices around the back of her neck. Yeah, it's all weird. Um, before then, obviously, slashing her throat as well. Um, and then they cut into her jugular vein as well for their own perverted pleasure. The perverse pair had killed Beth sometime between 1am and 7am before attempting to cover their tracks by saying she'd drunk bleach and committed suicide. Woods also took Beth's phone and used it to exchange messages with her own phone in an effort to make it look as though she was still alive. You see, that's very premeditated Mm. and grim, isn't it? Yeah. At the trial, prosecutor Stephen Linehan QC told jurors, quote, what she was saying was that her friend had killed herself while she was out of the flat and that she had returned to find blood everywhere, and that she had cleaned up the flat before making that telephone call. All of these things were lies. Bethany Hill had not died as a result of cutting herself. She had been brutally, brutally murdered. End quote. It's a damning statement, but one that is fully understandable when you hear that police officers had found how Woods had broken her SIM card before throwing it away, and then dropped her mobile phone down a drain. She also threw Beth's mobile in a sanitary towel bin in the police station toilets after she'd been taken there in an effort to get rid of what was a piece of vital evidence. That boggles my brain. Of all the places that you think, I know, I need to get rid of this piece of vital evidence, where shall I throw it? In a sanitary bin? In yes. a toilet? In, in a toilet of a police station? Yeah. Crazy. I can only imagine she must have panicked when she realised she still had it. But... Yeah. That is mad. The court also heard of a report in 2015 by a psychological therapist which stated that Williams was, quote, worried about his feelings of anger and feared his behaviour would get him into difficulty, end quote, going on to reveal that Williams had said at the time that things were becoming worse. He described the trigger as being, quote, anything that goes wrong, end quote, including a broken cup or cushions out of place. Or smoking a shitload of cannabis. Good point, well made. Dr Nicholas Kennedy also told the court that Williams had told the therapist of thoughts of a, quote, room full of people chained up and pulling out their toenails, end quote. Lovely chap. It was also stated that Williams, quote, enjoyed seeing blood and cutting things, end quote, and had enjoyed killing a rat he found in his home. And it revealed that Williams had admitted hearing voices in his head telling him to do impulsive things. I think the thing to bear in mind here is that as Williams had these symptoms before the murder... It's a recognised medical condition, which means it can give a defence of diminished responsibility. And this was explained in court. Therefore, if Williams' claims of experience of blackout at the time of the death is accepted, then that is a disassociated phenomenon. Mm. As Dr Kennedy explained, quote, the person to an extent loses control and has experiences of things around them and themselves not being fully connected. He would not have had ability to form a rational judgment and ability to exercise self-control would have been severely impaired. End quote. A possible get-out clause for Williams. During the trial, jurors were told about the Barbie doll, which belonged to Woods. The doll, complete with gaffer tape wrists and mouth, was found in a box she had given to her grandmother, Kathleen Brain, to keep in her attic. Woods told her grandmother that she was concerned that her ex-boyfriend would break in and take them and that the boxes had important things in them. In the days following the attack, police contacted Kathleen, searching for evidence. It was then that Kathleen told them how Kaylee had paid her a visit 
and left her with a number of boxes which she had put into her attic. Police officers opened them and found the doll in one of them. While giving evidence, Mrs Brain said Woods told her that it was Williams who had put the marks and gaffer tape strips on the doll's wrists and feet. She also revealed that she had seen the doll before, stating that when she'd visited the couple towards the end of 2014, it had been on the sofa and she had almost sat on it. Noticing the odd marks and tape on its wrists and feet, she asked her granddaughter, quote, what's with the doll, end quote. Kaylee replied, sounding upset and annoyed, saying that Jack had done it. Jack just laughed. Woods told jurors that she had nothing to do with the murder and only went along with William's plan because she'd feared she'd be next. William's defence fell down when Dr Kennedy revealed that a case of diminished responsibility would not fit given that the attack took place over several hours, with Beth being bound with duct tape and having the back of her neck cut. As part of his closing speech, Prosecutor Stephen Linhan, QC, said that Woods and Williams carried out the killing together, which, quote, couldn't have been done without each of them agreeing to it, end quote. Woods admitted to telling lies to police while being interviewed, which Mr Linehan referred to, stating, quote, wouldn't someone whose friend had died tell the truth from the beginning if he didn't know anything about it, particularly in the police station when they would want to know what happened to this girl, end quote. The jury was told that after Miss Hill was killed, Woods cuddled and kissed Williams while laying on the sofa with him. This was another point that Linehan picked up on. Quote, if she hadn't taken part, the horror she would feel for this man, you wouldn't let him cuddle you, you wouldn't let him near you, end quote. He also described Woods's action of sending text messages between Bethany's phone and her own as an appalling charade, going on to say that she took pleasure from sending the text messages and doesn't have any human feelings. In summing up the reason for the attack, Linehan told the court, quote, Bethany Hill was bound and possibly gagged using duct tape as part of the act that led to her death. That's why we say this was a sadistic killing done by Jack Williams to gain a perverted pleasure and Kayleigh Woods joined in with her lover to please him, end quote. Sentencing the pair, Judge Richard Griffith-Jones, double barrel, therefore a proper judgey name, <laughs> said, quote, I'm unable to say which of the defendants was a controlling force, if there was a controlling force. The evidence compels me to this being a sadistic killing, end quote. Jack Williams and Kayleigh Woods were sentenced to life in prison with a minimum of 26 years for murder. But the story doesn't end there because, of course not. No. Kayleigh Woods was originally sent to Her Majesty's Prison Hewell in Redditch, Worcestershire, to serve her time. Despite not having a gender recognition certificate, she successfully petitioned to be moved to a female prison. The Transgender Case Board, TCB, approved her transfer to Eastwood Park in December 2017. Their decision was based around the fact that she posed little risk to female inmates due to her lack of sexual offences on her record. But she killed her female friend. Yes, I know, I didn't understand either. I wonder if it's deemed non-sexual, just a, just a murder. But still. Yeah, I know. Can you guess what happened next? No, you'd be wrong if you're saying that you think she uh, did something nasty. Kaylee started a secret relationship whilst inside, and again remember that Kaylee is anatomically male. Prison officers reportedly caught her having sex with a woman in her cell, and the son oh. <laughs> reported, quote, Prison officers found one of the pair in a state of undress. A toilet seat had also been broken. It was pretty clear what they'd been up to, end quote. Having a shit? Yeah, pretty clear. Maybe they'd been using the toilet, yeah. <laughs> the prison reported her to the TCB, resulting in Woods being transferred back into a men's prison, this time at HMP Gartry in Leicestershire. And that is the case of the murder of Bethany Hill. What are your thoughts? 
Do you think there was a case for the Coventry Mental Health System to discharge Jack Williams? And do you think that Kayleigh Wood should ever have been put in a female-only prison? Or, conversely, that she should never have been put in a male-only prison? Let us know. You can email us, dan at sublimetruecrime.com or elaine at sublimetruecrime.com Or you can reach us via the Facebook page. Just search for Sublime True Crime. If you're enjoying this series, please leave us a review. Preferably a five-star one, please. As it helps us to reach more people. And if you can think of any more cases that you'd like us to cover, please do let us know. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.